Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hi, everybody. How are you tonight? Hopefully you're doing well. If you're out there, throw me up a like or a thumbs up or something. Let me know you're there. Give everybody a few minutes to get in and connect tonight, and we're going to get into a great Bible study. It's Easter week. It's Passion Week. I hope you guys are as excited as I am. I don't know if that if you're a pastor, that happens. If you're not, I think everybody's still excited. Maybe not as much. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, you guys let me know you're out there. Hi, Kaylee. Good to have you with us tonight. I see Ruthie made it. It's always nice to have my wife along. Brenda's with us tonight. People are starting to check in. You guys let me know you're out there. Come on in. Waved everybody. Say hi. Hi, Bill. It's good to have you tonight. Hey, while everybody's coming in, we're going to pray. And uh, I want to pray especially tonight for uh, Brenda's sister. She just texted me a little bit ago and said, Linda, her, her actually her twin sister. I don't know if you guys all knew Brenda had a twin or not, but she sure does. Uh, they just took her to the hospital. She had uh, some surgery earlier in the week and she's um, being taken in just to be checked with some things and uh, find out that she's just having some, some uh, struggles right now. So we're going to pray. And uh, you guys come on in and we're going to do that. Okay, Father, we pray right now for Linda. We're believing you once again, God, as you brought her through the surgery, you're going to bring her through whatever she's uh, going through right now. We ask you to touch her body. We ask you to heal her and to strengthen her tonight. We pray, Father, that you be with her and that you guide and direct, as always, guide and direct the hands of the doctors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Who else we got out there tonight? I see Cheryl made it and Joe's with us and Stacy. And I don't know who came in before that because I can't see anymore on my screen tonight. Shelly's there and Janet. And who else have we got out there? I'm having a hard time seeing, seeing my screen. Is that Megan? I think Megan. I think I got that right. Hi, welcome. Glad to have you with us tonight. Kim's out there. Uh, Janet and Jimmy and Kim Witt. And you guys keep coming on in. When you come in, hit the like button, check in, let us know you're here. Hey, as always, let me remind you of this. Please share this with people on your page. Uh, when you like, it just gets the word out to more people. And that's really important. I noticed last Sunday after our service, we had a lot of people connected and a lot of people shared, which was Sunday mornings. It's even greater than it is on Wednesdays because there's just that extra connection because we do it on our page and not our group. So you guys keep uh, keep up the good work. And let me just give you this quick testimony, this quick story of um, what can come out of this whole pandemic we're dis dealing with and having church online. I was talking to some pastor friends of mine earlier this week, and one of them was sharing that he had a lady who was a part of his church that wasn't able to come very often. Her husband happened to be Jehovah Witness and just would not let her come. He just refused to let her come to church. And because they had gone online, uh, she started watching the services online, and he began to watch it with her. And her word to the pastor was, um, he watched it last week, and I sat there, and I watched my husband pray a prayer and ask Jesus Christ to be his Savior and be his Lord. So I thought that was pretty cool. So don't ever underestimate the power of your likes and your shares, and you're getting this message out. I've even seen a few people do watch parties, which is pretty cool, where after the fact, you can go back and invite friends to come and watch what's going on. So you guys keep doing that for us, all right? I see we got more checking in. You guys keep uh, keep doing that. Keep letting us know you're out there. And uh, we're going to get started tonight. I've got a, a fun Bible study out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, you can go there in just a few minutes. Before we do that, let me just share a few things with you about what's coming up the rest of this Easter week. I, I hit it a little bit on Sunday, and we've been able to clarify a few things. So let me just do that real quick. So tomorrow, our plan is, uh, and if we've if we miss somebody 
please, I said Sunday, let me say it again, forgive us, okay? Give us a lot of grace in this. We've done our very best to make sure everybody's getting touched and cared for and getting a package. We're going to deliver tomorrow morning, going to start about 10 o'clock. Everybody will get a care package delivered to their front door. We're not looking to come in. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to unsocial separate or anything like that, but we just want to drop this off. And in that package is going to be a few things. Let me just share these with you, okay? In everybody's everybody's package that has kids, there's going to be a package of resurrection eggs and directions on how to use them and when to use them. You're going to use those on Friday evening. In addition to that, there's a whole nother set of eggs in there with lights that you put in the eggs and makes them glow in the dark. Now, kids love Easter egg hunts. They love glow in the dark. So our, our plan for that is then Saturday, have with your kids or your grandkids a nighttime or after dark Easter egg hunt and uh, just make it a lot of fun and take a lot of pictures and videos and post those up on our Facebook uh, site so everybody can share in that, even though we can't all be there. Along with that, we are going to have Friday night readings, the actual scriptures laid out for you of the Passion Week, Easter Week story. So you'll have a reading for Friday night that if you don't have kids, you I'd, I'd love to see your families sit down together and read through this story of, of uh, Good Friday and, and the Easter week. Uh, and then Saturday morning, we've got another reading. And these aren't real super long readings, but we've got another reading for Saturday morning you can do as a family, or if you want to do them privately in your devotionals, that's fine as well. And then, and then Saturday night, uh, of course, will be the egg hunt. We'd love to have you do the egg hunt on Saturday night. And after the egg hunt, this would just be, I, I think it would be cool. I think it would be special. Pull your family in. Sit them down and somebody read the Saturday night reading that leads into Easter. I think that could be a really special moment, even though we can't come together for Easter this year. So I'd love to have you guys do that. Additionally, in that package, lastly in that package, you're going to have uh, a set of communion elements. And here's what we like to do with that. On Sunday morning, after I preach, after we share, we have our service, we're all going to take communion together. Even though we're apart, we're still going to share in the Lord's body uh, together. So we're going to do that on Sunday morning. So get those and set them aside. Now, like I said, we've done our best to get this to everybody and try to get the amounts and the quantities right. But if we've got it wrong somewhere along the way, or if you don't get a package by, I don't know, noon tomorrow, let's just say, uh, or tomorrow evening when you get home from work, if, if that's the first time you could check, please let us know. Contact us, call us, hit us up on Facebook somehow. Let us know and we'll do our very best to get you um, the stuff that you need so you can participate in this because we really want to make this something that everybody's doing. We've still got some people jumping on there to, here tonight. Glad to have you, Sam. Uh, Jenny's out there. I see a few others. Matt, uh, Taylor, good to have you with us tonight. And if I missed you, forgive me. Um, but we are just really glad to have you. I look forward to the day I can actually look out across the congregation and see people again instead of trying to read with no glasses uh, as I look at my screen. I see Cody's out there. Glad to have you guys with us. Hey, tonight, all right, it is uh, it is right now 6.37. Let's take a few minutes and let's do this, okay? Let's dive into God's Word. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tonight. And I want to share, I was going to, we were going to go to Daniel and I wanted to do that. Um, I thought about it and it just wasn't going to flow very well. So we're going to, to put Daniel's prophecies aside for this week only and we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15 and Paul's kind of his Easter message in his letter to the Corinthians. And then next week we'll come back to Daniel. So you guys grab your Bibles and do this. And I've, I've as you know, I've had a really hard time figuring out how to interact uh, uh, this way with the time delay and everything. Um, so let me throw some questions out there. And if you can get answers to me, that's great. 
Um, if I have to move on before then, uh, then I just will, and, and I go back and read them afterwards, and everybody else will see, see them as well. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, is where we're going to be tonight. And uh, let me just start out with this question to you, okay? Which event, which event do you think is more important, the birth of Christ or the resurrection? In other words, so for us in America, it would be which is more important, Christmas or Easter? Which is the more important event? And that's going to really play into what I want to teach and talk about tonight out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Which is more important? Is it Easter or is it Christmas? It, it, it's the answer to that. I'll be honest with you. The answer to that in some ways depends. It depends on your tradition. It depends on what church you grew up in. Um, it depends on which scriptures you kind of highlight versus others. I see uh, Stacy says the resurrection. She gave us an answer tonight. Uh, it may surprise you. I see Easter. Joe says Easter. There are traditions and there are churches, this is Christian churches, that they would absolutely go the other way with that and they would say Christmas. And it all comes down to how you perceive what's called the atonement. And I'm, I don't have, I'm not going to go into that tonight, but the atonement, it, it's, it, it means this. It, it depends on what you think allows us to come back into relationship with God. Now, those that see Christmas as the most important, the, the reason they do that is they see the atonement found in Christ's birth in that God chose to become man. And by becoming man, by God sacrificing and leaving heaven to become man, they, in their view, they see um, he set the greatest example, the inspiring example for people uh, of how we should live, and therefore we should love him, and we'll choose to love him because of the example of his love to us. And so having said all that, I don't think I disagree with any of that. I, I, I believe that's true. Um, the, the word Emmanuel means God with us. God became flesh, for, or John talks about that. But even though I agree with that, and I no way take away from that, I got to go with several of you that said, yeah, the resurrection, that would be kind of the way I go with this. And there might even be a third argument for the crucifixion, and we'll we'll, we'll look at that in just a minute here. Um, but the reason I go with the resurrection is this, and this is what I really want to highlight tonight. It gives us reason to believe that when God says to us, we also, we too can experience resurrection and eternal life, we have every reason to believe it. I don't think it's possible to or to, yeah, to overestimate uh, the value of the resurrection. Because Jesus died and rose from the dead, I can believe everything else that he says, including the promise that I myself will one day experience that resurrection. The resurrection is a powerful, powerful thing. In addition to that, it, it shows us his power over two things, okay? It shows us his power over the grave, and it shows us his power over death. Who doesn't want to serve a God knowing that every one of us here is going to face death and face the grave? Who doesn't want to serve a God that has already proven he has power over death and the grave? I don't know about you, but to me, that's incredible. That's powerful. That alone and of itself is reason to believe in Jesus Christ. I love that so much. Um, he has shown us his power over death in the grave. So let's do this tonight. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to read it here. 1 Corinthians 15, and let me just read these first eight verses with me. And let me just take a minute here and see. we got a couple of, several comments. Um, yeah, I, I see Brenda said if he was never born, there couldn't be an Easter. I thought about that. Um, you're, that, that that's true. A absolutely accurate. He could not have, he couldn't have been resurrection, resurrected if he hadn't died, and he couldn't have died if he hadn't been born. So yeah, one absolutely leads to the other. 
Um, several people, a couple people said that. Very true. Uh, we needed three of you, four of you. You guys are all thinking the same way tonight. Good for you. Um, I, I, I like that. That's that's good. That's good. Hey, let's read a little bit. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 8. Paul says this, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. I preach to you which you received and which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word, I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. He says this in verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second and say maybe Paul actually just answered our question, and maybe the answer isn't his birth or his resurrection. Maybe the answer is the most important is his death. I, I think that argument could even be made in that he paid the price for our sins via his death. And I, I just read there, of first importance is what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. But again, it, it all works together. Verse 4, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scripture, and that he appeared to Cephas, or Peter, and then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me ask you uh, another question. Um, I want you to think about this, okay? And I, I don't know, maybe you can give me some answers, but and I, I may move on before you get there, before I see it anyway, but still think about it and respond. Would it have been possible to have built a religion um, based on Jesus' teachings alone, apart from his resurrection. In other words, could Christianity have, have formed if Jesus was just a really good teacher, but he had never risen from the dead? And, and I'll, I'll tell you the truth, there are people today, There are uh, they tend to be liberal, and this is not politically liberal, but they tend to be spiritually or theologically liberal in their views, that believe that we as Christians ought to give up on what in their minds is just that crazy resurrection stuff and, and let it stand upon Jesus was a good man, a good teacher, so on and so forth. And, and could a religion develop if that's all there was? Is it possible? Um, I'm going to answer it this way, and I see a few of you giving me some responses, and thank you for that. Keep throwing those out, out there. Um, I'm going to give you a good, a good middle-of-the-road answer. Maybe. Maybe. And, and I say that for this reason. Okay, hear me through on this. Maybe a religion could have formed um, because Islam formed based on, with no, no connection to a man having risen from the dead. Buddhism formed, and nobody claims Buddha rose from the dead. Confucianism, if you want to call that a religion, rose, and nobody claims Confucius rose from the dead. So maybe it is possible to build a religious system around uh, good teachings that aren't built on, on a resurrection. But let me just give you these thoughts, some, just, just some things to consider, okay? When Jesus died, when Jesus died, um, it completely destroyed all hope of the apostles. And, and, and not just the 12, but all the disciples. Now think about this with me, okay? Um, it destroyed their, their, their heart, their hope. Um, it, it did it for a variety of reasons because it certainly wasn't what they were expecting. But one of the reasons it did it was because not just that he died, but how he died. He died on a cross. And within Jerusalem and within Judea, Ju Ju Jewish uh, thought at the time, to die on a cross um, was to die as a curse. 
It, it was uh, shameful. It was humiliating. It was the worst of the worst. So for Jesus to die on a cross was for him to die definitely a death in their mind that wasn't the death of a Messiah. And that was the other piece of that. When he died on the cross, um, it destroyed any hope they ever had of him being a Messiah. So could Christianity have developed in Jerusalem at the at, in, at the beginning of, of the first century, apart from Jesus' resurrection from the dead? Maybe, but not likely. Because all of those that developed Christianity, all of those that poured their lives into Christianity, they would have been so demoralized by the death, and especially a death on a cross, that apart from something powerful happening in their lives, like the resurrection, it's, it's, it's highly unlikely that they would have ever come back and, and turned it into what we see today as Christianity. I'll, I'll give you another thing to consider, okay, as far as, far as this goes, the power of the resurrection and the reason we can believe in it. Um, again, let me ask you a question. Will, um, will people die? Will people lie? Is it possible? Because this is what would get said. You know, Pastor Barry Gray, we read in Scripture, all these people saw Jesus, all this stuff happened, but maybe they're lying. Isn't that possible, Pastor Barry, that they were just lying? And again, I have to say, the, the answer is, yes, it is possible, because you all know and I know that people will lie when it benefits them, right? I, I mean, it's just, it's it's human nature. It's unfortunate. It's sad. But there's a lot of people that will develop lies if it benefits them. But but let's spin that around, flip it on its head for a second. How many people will continue to push that lie if it's going to cost them something? N not very many, right? And, and how about this? How many people will continue to push what they know is a lie if the thing that it's going to cost them is their comfort, possibly their lives. I mean, think about this with me. How many of uh, the, uh, the original 12, okay, all but I believe one, they died a martyr's death. One was was actually sawn in two, historically. Uh, one was boiled in oil. One was crucified upside down. One was pulled apart. One was, some were torn by animals. The, these disciples, all they had to do in most cases to, to get out of being martyred, being crucified, or being killed was to say, yeah, it's all a fake. It wasn't, it wasn't real. But they didn't do that. And that in and of itself is maybe one of the most powerful, strong things that speaks to us that this resurrection had to be, must have been something that was very powerful and very real. It, it wasn't a hoax. It wasn't a lie. Let me give you this last consideration tonight before we move on to something else. And, and it's this. Um, what about the, the Romans and the Jewish leaders? And I see I've got a few comments here. Uh, you guys keep throwing those out there. I appreciate that so much. Um, I'm looking at them as we go here, reading them, seeing if, any, if, if we're at a place where any of them connect. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, okay. You guys, Joe says, keep, come on, preach it, PB. Thank you, Joe. I'll keep doing my best with that. Uh, you guys keep throwing out those thoughts and those comments, all right? You know, you can actually be more vocal online than you can when you're sitting in the sanctuary because there you kind of feel like you got to be, you know, that whole respectful thing here. I can't hear you. So you keep throwing those thoughts and those comments out there. We appreciate that. Hey, let me give you this one last thing to consider before we go a different direction. What about the motivation of the leaders, uh, the Jewish leaders and the Roman leaders? Um, think about this with me for a minute. They had a lot of motivation to provide a body, okay? All they had to do, if they could have provided a body on Easter or the few days after Easter, it would have driven a wooden stake through the heart of Christianity. And they were deeply motivated to do that. They did not want this, this sect, this, this heresy. They did not want it to take off. 
And yet they couldn't provide or come up with a body in the tomb. All they had to do was, you know, somebody comes along and says, this Jesus rose from the... All they had to do was take people out to the tomb and show them the body. And there is exhibit A. Jesus didn't really rise. But they couldn't do that. Now, in addition to that, their official explanation for where the body went was this, that the disciples stole the body. Now, think about that for a second, okay? Their very explanation gives uh, gives confirmation and is an admission that the tomb was empty, right? If the tomb hadn't been empty, they would have never had to come back and say, hey, so the, the disciples stole the body. Now, I think we need to actually consider, could the disciples have stolen the body? Well, again, I have to say it's potentially possible. It, it's possible that they could have. But think about this, okay? It was the Jewish leaders of the synagogue. It was the Romans who controlled the country and the area around there that had the authority. They had the power. They had the money. They had the army behind them. They had the control. It wasn't the group of mostly poor uh, disciples that had the, had the access to those things uh, to be able to go and steal the body. And just by virtue of putting Roman soldiers out there alone says to us that it's very unlikely that these men were able to steal the body. But having said all that, I'll, I'll come back to this tonight. It is, it, is it possible that the resurrection was a fraud or a fake? And I'm, I'm going to say this, um, and please hear me out on this, okay? Um, it is possible. But it's very unlikely. You say, Pastor Barry, you're a pastor. You should never say that. Well, hear me out on this, okay? I believe had God wanted to 100%, 101% confirm, he, he could have found a way. He's God, right? What he did was gave us that 99% realistic, it makes sense, this is reasonable to believe, because we are still living a relationship of faith. There's still that faith piece of this. It's only by faith. Somewhere along the line, I have to make a choice. I have to make a decision that I am going to believe in Jesus Christ. But here's what I want you to see tonight, okay? Some people will come to you as a Christian and say to you, hey, your faith is just blind. It's just stupid. It's just ignorant. And what I would say to you tonight is our faith isn't blind. It isn't stupid. And it isn't ignorant. Our faith is still faith because they're, I mean, short of us actually being there, seeing it with our own eyes, and even then there could be questions, um, there will always be that little piece that says maybe not, so there still has to be faith, but our faith is still reasoned faith. And I want you to get that tonight, okay? Our faith is still reasoned faith. Your faith tonight is not blind. It's not stupid. It's not ignorant. It's not uninformed. It's not unreasonable. It is absolutely faith that is built upon intelligence and knowledge and thought and history, uh, as well as this biblical faith, okay? And, and it all comes back to this, and it becomes so important tonight for this reason. And let's go ahead and pick up 1 Corinthians 15. And let me just read for you tonight a few more verses, and we're going to jump down a little bit to verse 15. Chapter 15, and we're going to move down to, I'm sorry, verse 12 tonight, verse 12. Paul puts it this way, okay? Paul, Paul, Paul says it this way. Um, he said, now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. 
And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, then we are of all people most to be pitied. Let me read six more verses. But in fact, in fact, and this is what I believe and this is where I stand, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Now, now get this verse 26, okay? The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Death will ultimately be cast into the lake of fire and itself will be destroyed. And we have a hope in this. And let's go back to hope tonight. We have a promise of this. We can believe this because we have the proof. We have the evidence. We have the reason that Jesus not only died on the cross, but he rose for the, from the dead. Let me ask you a question tonight, okay? Um, why do people fear death? death and hate death so much. Now think about that just, just a little bit deeper than just the just the, the, the shallow uh, who wants to die. All right, I, I've, I've put a little bit of thought into this. Why do people fear death so much? Um, I, I've, I've come up with a few reasons. One, one is, and this is this is pretty, pretty surface, but I, I believe it's true. And it's true, I'll be honest, it's true for me. I, I, I do not like death. I do not want to die. Um, and it all comes down to this. I don't really fear death. What I don't cherish or look forward to is the pain that seems to go along with the process of dying, if that makes sense. Pain itself, what you go through to get there is the part that I think most people really, really dislike. Um, but in addition to that, I think there's another piece of this for a lot of people. And it doesn't. it shouldn't be this way for us as believers, but for a lot of people tonight, um, it comes down to this. It's the unknown. We cannot know, or we don't, many people don't know what's on the other side of death, or if anything's on the other side of death in, in the mind of a lot of people. But I want, I want to give you one last thing, and, and maybe the third thing, and maybe the most significant thing on a deep level, and it's this. They feel like death is an end. And I'm weird. I like graveyards. I like cemeteries. I like to go out into them, and, and not for any weird spiritual reasons or anything like that. I just, it intrigues me to look at the gravestones, the headstones, and and look at the dates on them and think, wow, that person lived when the Civil War was being fought, or that person lived um, in the late 1800s, and and just think of, of their lives. But but the, the other part that goes with it that makes it a little bit of a melancholy experience is this, does anybody even remember who they are anymore? I want to read you something tonight. And this is by John Knox, who was a pastor many years ago. And it's a, something he wrote about his dad. It's in a, a writing of his called The Life in Jesus Christ. Let me just read this to you and see if it can kind of 
um, highlight what I'm talking about. Why do we hate death so much? Because it, w w some people feel it's an end. If there is no resurrection, it certainly is. Um, John Knox, in his writings, uh, The Life in Jesus Christ, tells about visiting a church in eastern Virginia where his father had been a pastor 50 years earlier. Knox spoke of his father as a modest man of remarkable intelligence, charm, and extraordinary goodness. He said some of the older members of the church remembered his father, remembered him vis vividly, um, but they were few, and as the years passed, their numbers became less and less. So that there would finally, eventually, be no one to remember his father at all. He said his father's name was etched on one of the stained glass windows in the church, and maybe he would be remembered because he had been memorialized in that sense, but he said it would still mean little or nothing to the succeeding generations who never knew him and knew his heart and knew his character. And here is perhaps, he goes on to say, here is perhaps the supreme um, sadness of human life. Not that we die only, but that any real and living memory must die too. Unless God is to raise us from the dead, it is the end as though we had never lived. And let me tell you tonight about the power of the resurrection, the hope. It's deeper than just someday I'm going to be in heaven. It's that I have significance beyond the end of my life and the generations that knew me. I think of my great-grandfather on both, and parents on both of my, 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 my parents' side. And the truth is, I can't think of them because I have no memory of them because they both passed away before I was ever born. And with the passing of my mom one of these days, um, there will be nobody left alive on this earth that ever knew them or remembered them. How many people um, have passed from existence and left no mark that, I mean, maybe they had a journal and wrote it down, but it's gone. Um, maybe they never journaled. How many people have passed from existence and nobody even knows they ever existed? At best, there might be a headstone somewhere and many, 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 many people don't even have that. And if that is existence, Paul puts it this way. And let me go back and read this again in verse 19. Paul says it this way. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. So let me tell you the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection is this. It's not just that I've got heaven as my home someday, but it's that there is no end to our life. Not just that I get to live life and, and continue on, but I, I will have significance. I will be remembered. I will make a difference. I will be able to give glory to God. I will have relationships, and you will too. See, that's the power of the resurrection that sometimes we miss. There is power in this Easter Sunday that's coming up. It's it's the power of of God to conquer death itself and give us back eternal life. Let's finish this up tonight with 1 Corinthians 15 and, and jump with me all the way down to verse 50 and, and let's bring this to a close tonight. I'm going to go all the way to the end of this. And this is a scripture that you all, many of you have heard, preached, undoubtedly spoken, said many times um, in funerals. And there's a reason it's said in funerals and, and here it is. I tell you this, brothers... Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised 
imperishable, and we shall be changed, for this imperishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on the immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He says this, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Now listen to me. I, 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 I believe in the rapture. I preach the rapture. I talk about it just briefly here as we end this tonight. But I don't know exactly how God's going to do it. I do know this, that the physical bodies that we have now and the physical bodies that belong to those that are in the grave will be changed from physical and mortal to immortal, somehow, someplace, somewhere in that thing we call the rapture that I just read about. It's not the rapture is not used, but that's what we call it. That moment where Christ returns and he calls to his own those that have chosen to serve him and to follow him. The rapture, and we have the promise of the rapture, the promise of resurrection, the promise of one day meeting Jesus in the air because we have the promise of of Easter, the promise that Jesus rose from the dead. If he could conquer death, then he can, con or it's reasonable to believe he can conquer death for you and for me, and we will have eternal life. Let me tell you this tonight. Jesus came the first time, and it was supernaturally born of a virgin. Let me tell you this. Jesus is going to come a second time, and in that second time, he's going to come back for those of us that are followers of him. And, and it's not me because I'm special or you. It's anybody that chooses to serve him and follow him. He's going to come back, and he's going to pull us out of this place. It's called the rapture, the perishable, the mortal becomes immortal. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what it's going to look like. I know it's going to happen in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye. I know it's going to happen. I don't know how. I just know it is. And he's going to pull those of us that have served him and are still serving him and served him in bygone eras all the way back in history itself to meet him in the air because we're not going to have to be here for his third return. He's going to come a third time. And, and hear me tonight on this. Hear me, please. And, and I don't know who all's out there tonight, but hear me on this. Maybe some of you need to have a watch party so your friends can hear this. He will come back a third time. And when he comes back that final time, he's not coming back in a way to save us. He's coming back as judge and to bring justice. And you say, Pastor Barry, God's wrath is, God's not a God of wrath. Well, let me tell you, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. And there's nothing that will get people fired up faster than something being done that's unfair or unjust. And we don't think of our sin as being uh, a crime against God, but that's really what it is. And anytime sin takes place, there has to be a price paid for that sin. And other than those that have accepted Christ as their Savior and let Him pay the price for them, God will bring justice to them eventually. He's slow. He's patient. He gives lots of time. He gives lots of opportunity. He continues to work. He continues to fall. But justice will be done. So hear me tonight, okay? We are talking about the rapture because we believe it's true. And we believe it's true because Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. We too will one day uh, rise from the dead. Let me end with this last thought for you and challenge to you. And again, I don't know who all's out there tonight. I know many of you are out there are, are already people walking in a relationship with Jesus. But maybe, just maybe somebody out there tonight isn't. And you don't know when Jesus comes, whether he's going to be taking you or leaving you. You don't know whether you're going to be one that is prepared or not. So let me tell you this. There's two ways people look at that. Some people say, you know what? 
I can never be good enough. I, my life's a wreck. It's a mess. I, I can never be good enough for God. Let me tell you, that's not true. The truth is none of us can be good enough for God. So let me sh show you how, how, how God helps us with that. The other lie, though, that gets said is, you know what, Pastor Barry? I'm a good person and God loves me and he's going to take me. Let me tell you the truth. None of us are good enough for a holy, righteous God. None of us are. Understand that. Get that tonight, okay? Um, so here's the truth of the matter. Every one of us, every last one of us needs somebody to step in and help us. That needs to pay the price to bring justice for my sin. Say, Pastor Bray, you saying you're a sinner? I'm a sinner. Understand me. Hear me on this, okay? Every one of us, Scripture tells us we're born in sin. We're shaping in iniquity. It's in our very nature. We can't help it. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No Christian is. The difference is I've prayed a prayer. I've lived out 1 John 1, 9 that says, If you'll confess your sins, God will forgive you those sins. I've gone to God and said, Lord, these are the things in my life that are wrong. These are the things that I know that I've done, and I ask you to forgive me for them, and he's done that. I'm forgiven. The other part I would say to you tonight, and let me just read it to me to you. It's in Romans 10, 9. And, and if you've never done this, uh, my, my goodness, I hope tonight after you hear this, you you absolutely real will, will do this. Romans 10, 9 says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I, I, I challenge you with this tonight, friend. If you've never prayed a prayer and asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, do that. If you've questioned, is he really God? Is he really the Messiah? Did he really die on a cross? Did he really rise from the dead? I hope the things that I've given you tonight give you hope that he has and a reason to have faith to believe. And if so, confess him with your mouth. Jesus, I know your Lord. I know you paid the price for my sin. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I know that you rose on uh, from, from the grave on the third day, and I'm a sinner, and I need you to forgive me. If you do that, when he comes back the next time, you're going to be one of those that meets him, that is part of that rapture, that you're immortal, or your mortal body becomes immortal, that you have eternal life. What an awesome day it's going to be. I look forward to it. I absolutely do. And I hope you do too. If you know anybody that doesn't know this, has never heard this, I know we've gone about 30 minutes tonight, but my goodness, the most powerful 30 minutes you could ever get if, if you give your life to Christ. So share this, spread it around, have a watch party, let people know tonight, okay? This is their opportunity this Easter. What a great thing that could, could be. Hey, it's good to see you guys. Thank you for hanging with, with us tonight and hanging with me and letting me teach this. Um, I, I'm looking here at my last few comments that maybe I can grab. Uh, Stacy says, pray that teen camp can still happen. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's pray teen camp can happen. And we're going to do that tonight just as we leave this. And not only that, but that teen camp will be safe and virus free. Okay. And right now they are absolutely planning on it happen, happening, but it, that's all, all hinges right now on where things go with the virus. Hey, let's pray. Thank you guys. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Have a great Easter. Do the readings, do the devotions, make this year something extraordinarily special with your family. Okay. Um, I know it's not going to be a big Easter Sunday, but man, make it a special day leading into Easter and then Easter special in a whole different way than it ever has been before. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you that you died on a cross for our sins. 
Thank you that you rose on the third day to show us, Lord, and to give us that promise that if you could rise, you can also resurrect and will resurrect us. We thank you for that. We pray over camp tonight. God, our kids need to hear the truth. They need to have that experience that week with you. And we pray, God, that you will allow, you, you will just work out circumstances, that, that you will destroy and push back this virus in time, that we can have camp this year, and that the Spirit of God can move on the hearts of these kids. Lord, I pray be with each one this week as we move on in towards this, this Easter weekend. God, I pray bless them. Have them. Give them just an incredible week with their families and, and thinking about the greatness of our God. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys. Love you guys. Have an awesome week. And I will see you. Um, well, you'll see me. I can't see you yet. Uh, Sunday morning. Join us then. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indie.rr.com.